intended only for mature audiences. Your discretion advised. One, two, three, Rain, talk to me. We're gonna hit a beat and talk about my Eve. Everybody, oh, you know what I say? God. I'm gonna do a beat. Make it stop, Rain. It's time to stop. Why? Why? Why did you do this? <laughs> stop. Rock, paper, scissors, right? We don't want Eve to be okay. as simple as shut the fuck up, Seto! Buds of like memes and these small gangers are like, we're the elite of the elite. Do not fuck with us, we will kill you. We are the best players ever. It's like, dude, I did your shit. I did it better than you did. And it's like, yeah. You know what this conversation is like? When I say not enough uh, super dying and people tell me, Oh, look, there's a super died in Delft. So it's like... What are we talking about? We were talking about fucking balance, not supers yeah. dying in Delft. Why look, does look, everything look. with you have to be about supers fucking dying Shut in Delft? Shut up. Shut up. It's an analogy, moron. It's an analogy. <laughs> you guys stop arguing. You're acting like fucking married couple. Jesus Christ. No, don't stop arguing. Well, it is trash talk, too. I was like... Hey, can you guys hear me? I... For some reason, I can't... I can't get the triangles off the screen. Something is happening. I, I can't... I can't take the triangles off? Okay, hold on. Let me. All right, I think. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, we're here and I think everybody everybody's on the screen, right? Can everybody see this? Okay, guys, Discord, yeah, can you can you guys talk? Yeah, Just make sure everybody can hear us. Oh, even the logo is. Yeah. I'm literally watching some fucking gamer girl, but I'm I'm here now. Jesus. Yep. Okay. What? Well, how, it how seems. I'm here. My name is like fucking Triblavian text. Like, who is this? Uh, it seems just though, about. It seems as though the show has also been taken over by Triglavians. That's kind That's of interesting. Topic of the day. Well, anyway, uh, well, glorification of the fit. <laughs> welcome welcome to trash talk tuesday guys um or i guess uh triangles galore that's kind of what we're working with today um i'm your host redline 13 i'm the guy that hosts the show along with my friends here in the discord uh this week we've got some interesting Friends. things to talk about uh including niarja uh being taken over by the triglavians uh, we're also going to have a chat about the uh, the changes to the Triglavian ships, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some nothing really happened in Ytac 2 AnO this weekend, but we'll we'll talk about it anyways. So we'll be there. Um, and I also want to announce something a little bit special for tonight. 
um, and for the remainder of the the month for this show. Um, so this show, next week's show, and the, the show following, um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a donation drive. Um, for anybody that isn't aware, there was a, a derecho, I guess is what you say, like a, a really bad storm um, over in the western Midwest area of uh, the United States in Iowa and around there. Um, so anything that gets donated to the stream throughout the next few weeks, we're actually going to donate all of that money to uh, the Relief Fund to help people that were impacted by that. So if you scroll down a little bit on the channel, you should see the donate button. Anything there is going to go towards that. So that's that's my announcement for today. And uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about, well, we're going to introduce everybody first. So uh, today we're joined by Ashtarothi. Um, Ashtarothi, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you Greetings, do. fellow Empyreans. I am Ashtarothi. Uh, I have been playing this game for over a decade now. Um, podcasting, writing, and doing stream, uh, live streaming it uh, for a little over seven or eight years. Uh, did Faction Warfare for some time. Uh, now I run a uh, organization known as the Convocation of Empyreans, which is about maximizing player engagement with EVE Online. And mo we have, uh, most of the time, my stream has been focused on the Triglavian invasions through Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. And uh, a lot of my exploration of New Eden has been surrounded uh, not just about mechanics, but also about the story and the lore and keeping track of this um, ongoing plot that has now kind of come to a head and got everybody's attention. So it's gotten everybody's attention again because it was really big when it first came out and then kind of fell off and then kind of took took center stage again once the once the invasion headed to Nyarja. So in in between then and now, what uh what's been going on? Like how many systems do the Triglavians hold now versus how many that are saved? Like, do you have that info handy? You don't. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, in fact, I help run a website called Kybernaut.space where we keep track of all of the invasions as they are ongoing because there is no public API. So as of right now, the Triglavian Collective has has secured 16 final liminality systems. Um, and the Edencom forces, which are the pro Concord forces, have secured 40 different systems into fortresses. Now, not every system can progress into that final state. There's also what's called a minor victory that can happen if the system is not a, one of the cool systems that can go. And there are currently 42 Edencom minor victories and oh, uh, 23 Triglavian minor victories recorded. And so those minor victories, they can both, they both minor victories on each side can flip flop back and forth, right? Um, well, in the early days, we did see a couple of systems that uh, what I call reignited. In other words, they hit uh, minor victory and then they went back into play again and was able to be fought over. Um, but we haven't seen any of those that I know of recently. And so, as far as I know. For now, minor victory is a pseudo-like permanent state. But the big piece is, is that if it goes minor victory, that means it will stay minor victory. Even if it reignites, it'll just and it flips to the other side, it'll just go minor victory for them instead. 
Okay, so none of these systems can actually um, like go back to actively being fought over as far as like to be claimed fully for Triglavians or Edencom. Right, they'll never be claimed fully. So basically, uh, imagine, if you will, all of the doors are like closed, and behind the door, it like either can or it, there's either a prize or there's not a prize. And so whoever wins the competition gets to open the door and find out if there's a prize there. And, and that's it. Like, if a system doesn't progress, then it just will go into a minor victory, and, and, and that'll be the most it'll ever become, based on the rules right now. Now, these things have been changing every week, and minor victories were not something that was originally part of Invasions when they first were released, um, or at least Chapter 3 was first released. They were actually introduced to help people understand why and when systems didn't progress. Like, not all systems were able to be progressed, not all of them were uh, valid for that, but when the, when the uh, invasion just ended, it was confusing, and a lot of people thought it was a bug, and so CCP implemented this concept of the minor victory to allow us to see, like, oh, this one has been fought over, and uh, it didn't progress, but it is owned by this guy. And there's some pretty good farming opportunities for people that want to make some money inside of those. So, like, ISK farming? Um, and not necessarily player farming, unless it's a Triglavian system. Um, well, no, yeah, it would be it would be ISK farming because like we're talking about systems that are otherwise pretty normal, but they have um all of the sites for the invasions in them. Uh, so if you if you remember or if any of the viewers re uh, remember from about a year or so ago, emerging conduits were a really big deal. Well that concept is back and you can find them in these minor victories so a lot of people can just go and grind on these sites either mining uh, minor victories uh sorry um emerging conduits and minor uh conduits if you are fighting for edencom or uh forward posts and staging areas if you are working for the triglavians so you can go to one of those systems and just run those po those sites in order to make money um, and then somebody, and then Biteflux asks in chat, uh, does the minor victory go away at the end of the entire evasion, invasion event? I don't think we know that yet, we, do we? We don't have any idea about the act, like, from our, our understanding, the, the, the flipping of systems and stuff, that is a, that should be considered a near permanent effect. Um, what is going to happen to all of these systems is very unclear because the story has not yet progressed, right? So that we are leading towards something, uh, and and there's a lot of theories about what will happen to minor victories and final liminalities and fortresses as we go forward. Risk, that's not a valid question. That is a totally valid question. You better answer it. It's not a valid question. The show's just fine when you're not hosting. Trust me, it, it's fine, okay? So uh, the invasions actually started uh, about a year before everybody thinks that they did, almost. So Invasions uh, Chapter 1 uh, was a PvE experience that was very similar to Incursions, um, but kind of iterated on that and was developing a new AI system. And so over the course of about a year, they they iterated on this uh, on these sites and the deployment of how invasions worked and eventually started using the, this new systems to build all the different empire rats, which they then started to experiment with with the live events during you know each month, especially during the first half of this year. 
Um, and then when they're ready for like the full scope of what invasion was meant to be, that got rolled out in the form of invasion chapter three, which is when, you know, obviously the actual like conflict of, of choose a side came out. And even then a lot of people didn't pay attention until Rarvos turned. That was a big moment because it was the, it was the, everybody saw for the first time that this was a real thing that was having a real impact. You know, it wasn't just a joke. It wasn't just Ashrathi often they're being crazy talking about stars. Um, and that got everybody's attention. Um, but then it kind of faded back into the background again. Um, and the next big one would be, um, oh, now I can't remember its name. Um, there's a low-sec system, or there's a system adjacent to low-sec uh, that is Kaldari-occupied that was used by the Kaldari Faction Warfare Group to project into the low-sec area for quite some time. And when that came under attack, there was a concerted effort by a lot of the, uh, I think it's a Korea, by the uh, Faction Warfare, Galente Faction Warfare guys, Wangs, Ardraw, and um, you know Gal Mill, <clears throat> to go in there and disrupt it, not because they cared about Triglavians, but because they cared about going in there. And once the system went null, low sec, the, the moment it went low sec, they just all poured in and bur just burned everything they possibly could. It was uh, pretty incredible. But uh, that was like the next big like moment when people were paying attention to invasions. And of course, what, two, three days ago now, Niarsha became... Uh, stellar reconnaissance and, and Niarja was the one that we knew was going to be big before anything else because even before invasions began way way back in the day like uh almost a year and a half ago now when we first started getting like the very early tremors that invasions was going to happen one of the things that we started to get is these reports uh called Rasnaborg reports they were obviously spying on our solar systems and they were, we were getting reports about uh Gamis and a few uh, Misha and a few other systems, and one of the systems that was listed is Niarja, and each of the suns uh, have a different. Uh, ha they, they have all these different like qualities of the suns that are being mentioned. Uh, poor vitium, uh, things that may re refer to the light and the you know the luminescence of the star, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one of the things that it says is eminence, and eminence being like. Uh, of God or ever present or or dwelling within or the central body, not like eminent, which is like coming up soon. So eminence, you have eminence uh, flame for the orange uh, bright star. You have eminence wane for the white dwarf. But Niarja had the title eminence glory, which was kind of confusing at the time. And then right before chapter three happened in the event, they released a set of data streams from the Triglavians known as the Zordosh Chislov Zemikor Gnoyimata. Yeah, that took some time to practice. Uh, which you can look up, XCZ. If you just search for that in-game, in you can pull up those data streams. And in the, in the last one of the three, it says that uh, the, the, the veil of liminality shall pass over the uh, this, uh, eminence gold and eminence glory alike. And so that's how we knew that the stars that the Triglavians would want would be uh, these blue stars, blue and yellow stars, is because blue stars are eminence glory. Yellow stars were theorized to be eminence gold. Obviously, since those are the ones that are progressing, that seemed to be true. Um, but, you know, while it's easy to theorize that eminence glory is all 
blue stars. It's possible it's only AO blue stars. And in fact, the last message we ever received from the Triglavians uh, said that an absence of eminence glory has been a problem for them. And that's after we already had O1 blue stars and B0 blue stars. So, so clearly, do we this... think that Niarja is like the crown jewel of the Triglavian uh, thing? I don't know for sure, but uh, it's the only one that we knew for sure no. that they wanted. Oh, Dom, what's wrong? <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm, I'm, shit's all fucked up here. It, oh, it's the only one we knew for said, fact oh, that they no. wanted. No, no, that's yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, my shit's all fucked up. Well, even outside of like the law side of things, right? It's, it's good timing. The, it's clearly like the most like gameplay important system that's been uh, you know involved in this. It was if if it, nothing else, it was a tease from the very beginning that by the way, Niarja is going to be uh, a thing that in play. So, and I I do want to ask as well. And we can, in that report, we can open this up to the the rest of everybody else too, because there are some people. Uh, there are people in the channel here that have fought on both sides of the conflict, both in the Edencom side and the uh, Triglavian side. Uh, well, actually, the Triglavian, one of the Triglavian dudes just left, I guess, Fountain Frank has to go do do a fleet or something. Um, but anyways, the... So, Vili, can you tell me a little bit about the, uh, the story of uh, the little guy and what was up with that? Because I... I saw that as just like funning around with the lore. Am I right or wrong? Pretty much. Like, I don't think that anybody actually was super concerned about Niarja. Uh, it became a big meme. Like, but like, we had been having lots of issues trying to explain. Like, everybody's like, well, what side are we on? And for the most part, like, we've been on the trig side or not involved at all. And it was like, Okay, like, and, but there were some people like, well, we want our logistics routes, and we were just trying to stay neutral and all of it. But like, people kept wanting us to take a side, and then Goon showed up with like 150 people, so we're like, whatever, we'll have some fun with it. And we declared for Edencom, uh, but there was no point actually going up there doing any fleets because, like, when we actually declared, it was at like 27%. Edencom was pulling it back. You know, I went to sleep, and then I came back, and I woke up in the morning. It was like two, two uh, percent away from being uh, final Lumina. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, whatever. It was uh, just kind of a funny thing. It was funny that there was a group that, I'm not going to mention the name of the group, but that uh, that group spent like 17 hours just pushing pushing the system. Like, it no bullshit, hardcore. I, I never mentioned any specific group. I just mentioned a group. That yeah. uh, you know, there were several groups. I mean, that that tried to push it. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where like, what do we? So what do we think this is gonna actually mean in the long run, as far as logistics routes? Because I I I guess I saw on Reddit and Twitter that it changes really the route from nine jumps to forty six jumps. Is that if you, if you get your shit, but nobody does. Yeah, because it's all jump raiders, right? And you just jump from one spot to another. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's like... I wouldn't say, like... Which is nothing. I wouldn't say, like, nobody gates their shit. Well, that's not true. I think a lot of people gate people their shit. People get caught all the time a lot of people shit. No, a lot of people in no blocks don't gate their shit, that's for sure. You shouldn't gate your shit, but people do it a lot. 
No, but I mean, There's they're something... just trying that they have jump freighter uh, logistics, right? That's basically. I'm gonna. I'm they... actually gonna pull up some kill mails of people who decided to gate their shit using the uh, new advanced search feature on Zkill, which is gone now. Is it? Is is it gone? Zkill CCP. I feel it's important to note that the Triglavian nullsec system is not the same as a normal nullsec system. This is not a matter of like, okay, now now you've got nullsec, so there's sinos and stuff. Like the the it is only a change in Concord's response. So you actually have a system with no bubbles, no bushes, no bombs, uh, no sinos, no capitals, and uh, if someone grinds enough uh, standings with the Triglavians, which you can do relatively easily by running by uh, via dread sites and stuff. There's a process. But anyway, if you get 3.0 at the Triglavians, they will actually start actively defending you. So uh, the Whirlpost will actually guard you as you go through the uh, final liminality. Not suggesting that anyone does, but I'm just saying it's not completely cut off. What you're saying is I mean, that would be cool, though, building standings to just trade. Really? That didn't sound that is, cool at all. That is actually one of the interesting things that Invasions has done for our organization, since we have logistics that go all throughout HiSec. We've actually, with this last patch, uh, they made it so that you cannot be neutral with, with uh, the Invasions at all. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much, effectively. So, um, if... It used to be that you could have this like one one point standings uh, buffer room where you could just have none of them shoot at you. But now, if the if the Triglavians are not shooting at you, that means Edencom is. So what that meant was that suddenly all of our haulers had a lot of problems going through minor victories. And so this patchwork, Miage is just a really big example of it. But this is something that's already been impacting the hauling systems throughout uh, New Eden for the last several weeks. And this last week may, was kind of locked in to be much more serious because any given hauler can only pass through either Edencom or Triglavian systems safely. So will Edencom like actively defend you? Is a question so, somebody asked. Yeah, if you manage to grind 3.0 with Edencom, which I don't know if something has changed, but uh, about a month ago when we were talking, getting, I was getting feedback from everybody. I got the feedback from Edencom that they don't actually have the standings booster that uh, the Triglavians have, so it would be extremely difficult to do that. I don't know if that's been fixed or not, or if they are intending to fix it. But well, yes, in yeah. theory, if you've got 3.0 standings with the Edencom, they will defend you. With how important the Idra is, are we going to see people potentially escort their freighters or try to hold it like a racket? Probably. There will be ransoms. I mean, they can hold them for as long as they want now. No, I mean, like, they'll hold the system, you know, no, uh, no freighter passes unless uh, we let it pass type of thing. Oh, well, yeah, then, yeah, a toll, a toll. I think realistically, like you're going to see the same behavior as you do in any other low sex system where freighters just don't go there because of the risk. Well, do they want to go nine jumps or do they want to go forty-five jumps? It's uh... uh this might just kill. This might kill uh, Amar. As I mean, freighters maybe. They might really would... destroy their market. 
I don't think it would destroy the market. I chatted to a guy who's uh, who's glad to see this. He's glad to see that uh, other trade hubs are going to get attention. Uh, I'm looking at Dodixie and I'm looking at Amar and I'm hoping that they get a lot more use and the reliance on Jesus a lot less. I What's I actually really like the fact that we now have a proper chain. So Jita trades with Dodixie, Dodixie trades with uh, Renz, Renz trades with Amar. Yeah. So what's your thought process? Was, did you just say that Amar is going to die? Is that what you're... No, not as a die, not die out as a trade hub, but it's going to really suffer. And I feel like Dodixie is instead going to benefit greatly because they're still not cut off from Jita. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I think Dodixie is definitely going to start taking a lot of Amar's business. Fun fact, uh, I've been talking about resurrecting the Dodixie market for a little over a year, and when the mechanics of, of uh, this whole invasion stuff started to play out, that was my first thought. I was like, if I can, take, if I can convince people to take down Niarja, then that means that Dodixie becomes the better trade hub. Congratulations. <laughs> you got it. And here we are. <laughs> you fucking got what you wanted. Well, one of the more interesting points here is that, um, you know, like, if this becomes a long-term thing, when the Archer, like, is, you know, like, you know, air quotes, low sec for, like, a long time, a long time, it kind of incentivizes decentralization of high-sec markets away from Jita, and Jita has been, obviously, like, the de facto hub for a very, very, very long time. I think it can go either way. I think it can either become more decentralized, or people could just consolidate further into Jita. And we'll depopulate the rest of high sex somehow. Well, either way, we the, the the point that I think is is the biggest thing here is that this change is the kind of change that we've talked about wanting in Eve to like mix up the market or you know whatever. Um, but more importantly, uh, CCP did not do this. They just simply gave us the tool and made the thing available, and we made the decision through our actions to make this happen. So. Because this was all random, right? Like everybody, every system that gets invaded, like there's a list of them, but it's random when it gets invaded, and it Ran requires random's actual. Probably, uh, random's probably a misnomer. Basically, there, I, I, there's an AI actor that runs the Triglavians effectively that has its own goal, just like the Edencom, and so they, it deploys strategies. So, it, but it was not decided by CCP. It was decided by the 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 AI that CCP has developed. So in that sense, random. Out of, out of CCP's control, direct control. I even uh, confirmed this morning that Niarja was not, it wasn't like some like, oh yeah, we just nerfed the Amar rat, so now it's time to make uh, Niarja the target. No, it just, it was, it was the day that Zoria decided to attack Niarja. I would like to ask Vili, but sadly he's deafened and- uh, yeah, There they are. I'm curious if he's going to move the domain or if he's going to change the domain uh, trade hub because of the weakening of Amar and if he's going to set up a trade uh, or, or if he's already set up a trade hub in Botane or somewhere like Auvergne next to Dodixie. Wait, so so the Triglavian, so it's like almost like we're watching a game of uh, Stellaris happen from a from much larger scale and like it's just Eden Calm trying to retaliate to all the decisions that the Triglavian AI is making. I mean, haven't we always been? I mean, yeah. You can call the Nullsec leaders the players of a giant Stellaris game, but I don't know. I think well, maybe you know, we should. Yeah. Or like any 4X game, I guess. 
But yes, but we have an AI component at this point now. So like, really, that's interesting. So and and both Edencom and the Triglav forces are operating on their own kind of will. Um, Edencom is of course pushing into low sec, devel- uh, deploying um, uh, uh, Sino jammers, <clears throat> etc., uh, and kind of expanding their influence in some pretty murky ways. Um, and there's, you know, the, a broader story that's kind of coming to a head. So it's un, that's why I said, like, it's unclear what's going to happen to these systems uh, as we go on. Um, I remember at one point I asked uh, Sledgehammer if they were going to change the DD LP to Edencom LP because, you know, that seems to be more accurate. And he just kind of responded with, I, w- I have no comment on the future of Edencom as an organization. So... Uh, there's a lot more to this story, and um, the the neat thing about it is that we, it, you're absolutely right. It's like there are these two forces that are trying to do things, and they're acting against him. He's even referred to things like he he said an Edencom feint, as if like the AI director is intentionally picking a system that it knows it won't go liminal as a way of like fainting to to distract from a different system that it does want. Um, so. I don't know the full like scope of what is going on behind the scenes. Um, I'd like to one day sit down with Sledgehammer and, and, and really pull it all apart. But what's happening is far more complicated than people give it credit for. Oh, well, I you, so okay. In, that's interesting. I, that, that, yeah, that's a first. So I do want to mention before we keep going, I, cause I forgot to say it earlier. Um, but in, in, uh, conjunction with this donation drive that we're doing um i'm also going to give away 500 plex at the end of the show so there's there's that for for you guys i'm sorry i didn't mention it before but uh but yeah so cool so in reality um and and villy is muted now uh oh yeah what did happen to the introductions we never did the introductions everybody else just started talking Nah, you oh, I didn't that, listen there. You introduced the main guest in a sense. Really busy doing some other stuff. Like and, like some fighting happening. Basically, we're all just fucking chopped livers. So, we're just, uh, we're, hey guys, feels yeah. good. Just pawns on the chessboard. <laughs> um, and Atomic Pancake, no, it will not be 500 plex to the donator. Just it'll be 500 plex to, uh, basically anybody, anybody who's watching gets a chance to get the plex, right? Because if I just said it to donators, then that would technically be RMT. And I don't want to get banned uh, today or any other day. So, yeah. Um, anyways, so, I mean, we can we can go back through these introductions if we want to. You guys can start at the top and work your way down. Um, Dude. Start off with, uh, or, or not, we can just continue where we left off. I mean, it's up to you. I think everybody in Twitch chat right now needs to donate so that red line gets fucking banned. Why? Why would? Because if everybody yeah. donates, then you are RMT. So. Oh. Uh, I'm going to put my. How we, how I'm also <laughs> on and say that's actually not true. He can he can say that he will do I a giveaway know. if they hit a certain threshold, as long as everybody has full access to that giveaway. Look, I'm trying to create a situation which sounds like it would benefit the tat the chat people to give us money for Iowa. That's basically what I tried to do. So I mean it your is logic, your logic has no power here. All right. Why why do you why must why must you do this to red line? 
Where's I Iron Bank? Because he he's not actually going to get banned. Well, it's but kind it's of funny. Well, know, it's for like... people to be more more willing to donate. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Well, it only took 31 minutes for the show to de-escalate to something that I can't even recognize anymore. So that's, I think that's a record, guys. I think that's a record. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what? I think I think it is. I think isn't this more of an escalation? Or no, 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 degradation. Yeah, yes. kind of. Sensations. But I know you just went I up. Know. You just doubled your percentage of donations. You're welcome. Yeah. Anyway. Donate to see if Redline gets banned. Cool. That's and that's and awesome. it all all the money goes to a good cause. I mean, win win, man. It's true. That is true. So, anyways, back more to... corn for everyone. Is that what the cause is? No, the cause is. So I'll I'll say it again. We're doing a donation drive from now until the end of the month for anybody anybody who donates to this to the stream. All the money is going to go towards people affected by the derecho derecho in Iowa. Um, so what do you, what do you consider affected? I mean, it bothered me that day. So do I get money? Actually, a bunch of organizations that have stuff set up. I, uh, <laughs> I unironically, so my corporation has their headquarters there, and they blanket sent out an email said, if you don't have power, if you don't have internet, don't worry about work. You're getting paid. And then now they're passing out. So they have a foundation which they've Coming donated money to. And then they've sent out an email to like the entire company saying, if you need help, here's a list of resources. If you want to give money, here's a list of resources. If you are just with the company and not located in Cedar Rapids, here's a list of donations that you can do. Um, I think people who can't go to work or don't have power are just mass volunteering. I've seen hundreds of Facebook posts of people offering chargers, showers, food, like ice to people. It's absolutely insane right now in Cedar Rapids. Back tomorrow. So uh, when did you get power back? Um, they said we got power on Friday, but I had already left by then. Oh, you got back down in Otley? I threw out a whole trash bag full of like food from my freezer. It's a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. Um, there's pictures out there of people without an actual house, though. Like they have a refugee camp literally set up because people don't have a home. So it's pretty bad. Yeah, a couple of towns around here got hit pretty hard, too. Yeah. And my boys, he's back home with me because no, there was no power until today, I think, for him. Yeah, I think and so that is what we're, we're donating to. Our goal is, is 500. That's, that's the goal. It might be a lofty goal, but I think. I think you guys can do it. I think you guys. I think you guys can can muster that. Did you already explain how to do it? Um, I did. Yeah. If you if you Damn scroll it. down a little bit, there's a uh, there's a link to there's a button that says donate. Just click that, and then I can also link the just the regular link as well. Um, it is right here. I'll put it in the chat. And this is again. This is. Exclusively for the the people affected by that, I'm just going to donate it to one of the organizations and call it a day. Uh, Titan Strong says, "Where see the trash talking? Is there? Does do we need to trash talk right now? Is there anything to trash talk?" Titan Strong's a little bitch. There's plenty. What do you mean? Is e- there anything income. to talk about? Let's, let's there have always have a- is. It's just right now we're not. So the day before Niarja happened, Edencom managed to claw back a liminality into a for, uh, into a, making it fortress, which has never been happened before. Like we'd actually tried to do it and it didn't work. They're like, "Yeah, we got this now." And then the next day, 
Niarjo went liminal, or the same day Niarjo went liminal. And as soon as it went low sec, there was nothing. They didn't they didn't pull it back or anything. What happened? What happened? Why'd you guys give up at low sec? Hmm. So can I I just wanna get a I just wanna get a rundown of the people in the chat who are which side you're on. So which side are you on? Can we give Eden it like an Tom? X or an O? So we get like XO XO in the chat? No, I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna do a poll, a Twitch poll. If you look at the top at the if you look at the top of the thing, you'll see. Okay. This is what I do with like my fleets normally. Like if I get my fleets to like decide on a thing, it's like an X in fleet chat or an O in fleet chat. And it looks like a big like line of like, you know, XOXO, like, you know, like 90s like fat boy kisses, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, I like I like those. Anyways, if you if you don't have a side in the fight, then don't vote. It's okay. It's it's fine. Um, and shouts to shouts to the boys that are donating. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you very much. See, I knew we could do it. Anyways, let's look at this poll. So, it is yeah, it's actually not possible to have a side to not have a side. Just like one of DNT says, you you actually have to have a side. Otherwise, you know, one side will fuck you up. That's just the way this whole thing goes. Um, yeah, by default, you're if you're a law-abiding citizen. That hey, that wants to, or you know, follow the rules. Then you work for Edencom, you bootlicker. So interestingly, um, like a num, a pretty decent number of people who were involved in like the leadership and kind of galvanization of like the Triglavian community and kind of like that side of running the sites. Um, a lot of them came from like the kind of junior FC team in Test. Um, you know, a few people in specific and specific corps, that kind of thing. And I tried to actually like reach out to them and get them to come on the show today to come and talk about it. And their response was no, which I find quite upsetting. Um, Why not? Why didn't they want to come on the show? I don't really know. Um, I can pry and go find some answers, but I think they're just like a little bit camera shy, that kind of thing. Not really too much to say. That's probably it. Uh, bite flex thanks for the donation to the cause dude appreciate it i mean that's fine you don't have to actually find out it's well, interesting though okay, that like wait. this is like a factional thing like is even though it's like a you know a high sec thing that's like you know not really related to null sec it's still kind of related to null sec in a lot of ways like you know with niaja in particular right like you see like the big push coming from like you know goons as well like that's like you know they were the people who like you know came in like bulldozed a little bit in niaja and yeah. then you know the whole community as a whole, like the Triglavian side of it, that was like a thing that was like run by a lot of people from Test. It's right. interesting like the influence that people have, even though it's like not really a thing that they're like, you know, air quotes known for. Well one of the interesting things about it was so as you pointed out, a lot of the original leadership of TTI and a lot of the FCs did come from or several of them came from Test. Um but uh the morning that Niarja the morning after I say this in like US time zone framework but um, you know, the the morning after the Niarja went live, uh, there was a ping that was put out by Legacy saying that basically uh, threatening anyone who didn't side with Edencom, um, or that sided with the Triglavians. And so I know that a lot of our uh, leadership actually got recalled and got threatened and got told that they weren't able, they weren't supposed to participate with it uh, for fear of angering their 
test overlords. And um, it was actually quite some time. It wasn't until later in the evening that the goon swarm showed up. The problem actually was, in my, I, I don't know this for sure, but my assumption is the, uh, the system pushes in one direction or another based on the amount of rats that are killed and uh, actually uh, the sites and the squads that are killed, right? Like, so a rat, uh, a rat team will have a certain amount of points behind it. And then once you've killed enough points, they'll scatter. And then that will like contribute to the whole. So an individual rat killing may or may not uh, be that impactful, but it's the killing of the team that ends up uh, causing the points. But if both sides are just destroying everything, then that means that nothing progresses. And so for like four hours, we had no progress in either way. And so the big thing that Goonswarm did was while Edencom was doing some suicide ganking, they, they don't do suicide ganking nearly on the level of mini love. And so it was less about running the sites and more about suppressing the enemy's efforts that allowed the Triglavians to quickly grab, you know, as soon as uh, the, the gang squad started to come in and it started to go into uh, evening U.S. time zone, uh, you start to see a fall off of the Edencom effort and that, that stalemate is broken and it goes from 75 and it pushes all the way through. Like, I remember what I was doing. Uh, I was, when I was in the area, I was fighting for Edencom, but my whole thing was run around and try to rep Edencom shit to try to stop the Trigovians from making progress. Right, but that's even, like, when there's this, when there's 580 people fighting in local, none of that stuff matters anymore because everything just blows up, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, there, like, I think we had, like, we had like 15 ships repping this one rat, and we were able to keep the rat alive for three, four minutes until it, it finally broke. Don't you think that it's very interesting that, you know, this specific instance of, you know, this event happening in Niaja, it's actually done a very good job of, um, like, introducing to a lot of high-sec players um, the scale of operations that happen in a lot of NOLSEC or LOSEC. This might sell it to some people, yeah. I mean, the, the yeah, scale and... of what's happened in that one system is probably very new to a lot of people who've like not really ventured out high sig before. I think that's very interesting. Well, and also broadly, these invasions are designed to help ta train people. One of the biggest problems with the old AI is that fighting old AI doesn't teach you how to play EVE Online, right? Like, learning how to fight against a mission, the fits that you build, the things that you do, the EWAR that you're allowed to use versus not allowed to use, and its effects, are all very different than when if you're fighting against a real person. But these new AI, they respond like players. You can jam them, you can damp them, you can newt them. They newt you. Uh, you know, like they scram you, they'll pod you. Uh, they they have skirmish teams. You know, like so as players get into this stuff and they work their way up from like lowly salvager to you know mercurial pilot. They are actually learning to fly as a fleet and as a team in an environment that is increasingly authentically PvP until it literally is PvP. The one thing I do like, too, is that uh, the whole repping rats in order to gain standing, like, I think that I really enjoyed that. Yeah, again, the, the, rep, the rats behave like normal players. So you can, you can rep them, you can jam them. You can do all kinds of stuff. Um, a so, lot of people don't realize that. 
so one thing I do want to ask, just because it was it was a part of the, this is obviously the, the biggest topic that we've got tonight, so I, I wanted to cover it, and that's why we're spending so much time on it. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask is how how did uh, like how did you respond, or how did people that you were fighting against, how did Eden Com, I guess, respond in uh, like when goons actually showed up and started pushing it and pushing it hard? Were they like unhappy that they were participating? One of those things where like you know they didn't feel that Nullsec players should actually be there, or was it more along the lines of just like they just kind of gave up? Did they dude, they hadn't fighting? ratted, they hadn't ratted in like fucking two weeks, dude. That's probably what it was. They needed to to scratch that itch. One so, one out is. So I can't tell you how they responded when uh, Goon showed up, but when Brave showed up, there was a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of excitement. A lot of the Edencom guys were like, oh yeah, Brave's here, come on, let's let's go guys, Brave is supporting us. And it almost felt like everyone went from all the other systems to go into Niarja, almost, because there was like two, three other systems that were being attacked at, at that point, but now that you've got Brave here and they're supporting and they want to help save Niarja, it kind of felt like all the whole of Edencom was like, okay, guys, Brave is helping us. We can win this. We've got the support of Null. Let's go and kill them. Yeah, it is really important to note that, like, uh, as I said, in my, in my opinion, Goons came in kind of towards the end of it um, because it was after a full day of fighting that they showed That's up. That's definitely true. Um, but Brave came really early on. And this is also not the first time that, I mean, in, in Rarvos and in Vale, we had large teams of null set groups coming in uh, once it reaches first liminality. One of the reasons why Rarvos took so long to get through first liminality is because people didn't know how overviews, uh, how the overviews worked with trig stuff. And so, like, a lot of the null blocks would just come in on that first day or whatever that Rarvos had fallen to first limb. And uh, they would just kill the drag because those are the ones that are shooting at them. And they would just be, they didn't they weren't there to shoot at any of the 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 rats. They were there to shoot at players. But since the rats were shooting at them, they were shooting at the rats. And so they ended up like actually pushing for Edencom pretty significantly. And so I had to like build a whole like go and talk to various null leaders and be like, this is how you need to set up your overview. Like I don't care. If you shoot, like how many pro trig people you shoot, just make sure you also are shooting the correct rats, you know? You have to tell Villy how to set up his overview, dude. You can be honest. Well, Villy's pro Edencom, so his is um, defaulted. Oh, so that's true. So people are are talking about the uh, about how there is not that much trash talk going on right now, and uh, while I appreciate that, we're we're trying to have a, a really good conversation about what's happening in Eve. And... Yeah, and, you know, Nyaja is a you know very relevant media topic, right? Um, it has a very immediate effect on a lot of people. You know, it's a very you know important, very well connected, very widely used you know trade route that connects like the north part of Highsec towards the southwest part of Highsec. And... and it's particularly interesting, you know, that you know goons and you know, the Imperium as a whole have turned up to try and push that into final liminality. Which a lot of people might think would be detrimental to them, you know, because that you know do some kind of like cutting off of their you know trade routes to to high sec, or at least to Jita. 
But one of the things that's very interesting to note is that the reason they're able to spend a lot of time in that is because they are not defending Fountain, because they, you know, got all this free time, they're not actually defending their own space. So they're able to go to HiSec and go and engage in these events. Wow. I I do I I think it's interesting. To me, I'm I, I just I, what pleases me about all this is that during this supposed awesome war that's going on, this NPC PVE thing that everybody has been telling me is unimportant for two years uh, got everybody's attention to voluntarily. Unlike so, like when the drifter attacks happened, people complained about non-consensual PVE. Oh my God, we had to cancel our war to go deal with this PVE. But this was actually something that was like, this is something going on that's involving PVE that we are going to choose to now deal with that as opposed to our big crazy war. And the other fun thing is, is that uh, I actually got a screenshot that showed that within the 24 hours, like when YTAC2 or yeah, Y2 uh, had happened within 24 hours of Niarja coming under liminality or coming under threat, and there had been more kills, there had been 1,700 kills in Y2 and up to 2100 kills in uh Niarja. <laughs> there you go see that's well why why two was like a few hours right it was like a, a very localized time specific fight over a very specific timer whereas Niarja is like you know a, a very wide time window oh. where there's a, a long-term fight going on right over like uh, i think y2 was a little longer than two hours so it was if like we, five hours at most if like, we want to yeah right? but if Fights we want to shift die, back over to YTAC2, if we want to shift over to YTAC2, we can. Um, before we do that, I will say that I, I did just launch the, the raffle a second ago for the 500 plex, so you can feel free to type exclamation point raffle to be entered into that. Um, now, what I will say is that while Niarja may have had 2,100 ships killed, um, the actual stuff that happened in YTAC 2, it happened over the course of three days. Um, it was the initial uh, reinforcement of the Keepstar, then the armor timer of the same, the very same Keepstar, and then it was the, um, well, the, there was a fight over the, uh, the Fortizar, basically, is what it was. So, all these things considered, there was over 6,500 people involved, more than almost 4,000 ships were lost in the fighting. Um, I mean, 323 billion isk was lost over the course of that time frame. So, I mean, it was it was a pretty big deal. So, if we want to talk about that, we can... How many ships did you lose that, that the second time? Um, the second for the armor timer? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Four hundred. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. No, no. Did you lose? Me personally? Yeah. Three. Oh, better I, than I the first time then. No, I think I lost two. I lost two. Oh, so, fifty percent better than the first time. Yeah. So I lost three the first. I I think it was it was either two or three, the first night. It was four. No, it wasn't four. For the shield timer, I'm on four of your kill mills. I know it's four. Okay, I didn't. I didn't think it was four. But it could have been for I don't know. Either way, Dom's counting. I just continued <laughs> to die over and over. Like you just, you guys just kept primary me because you're. I was impressed how fast you were able to get back in the fight each time, though. That was very good. You did a good job doing that, dude. I was telling, I was telling Bunny, like, 
there's Ferrexes are like a hundred mil, right? And oh no, they're worth. Yeah, you could definitely just whelp shit out of those. They're they're a hundred mil, and a goon kill mil to me is worth much more than that. Like I would rather get on a hundred goon kill mils and lose a hundred Ferrexes than like you know not get on a hundred goon kill. You mils, get fifty you know? kill mils, lose twenty Ferrexes doing it. I consider that still a win. Yeah, well, why not? It's it's. Yeah, it's I, I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah. For everything else, there's Mastercard. But that being said, the the amount of like, honest to God, the amount of chimping that has been done about YTAC two is so goddamn ridiculous. It's not even funny. Like, well, I I have to watch the meta show every week, right? Because if I don't, then I miss when Brisk and the Matani mention me on the meta show. And I just, I can't have that happen. I so think they like you, dude. I, I don't, I don't know. But anyways. It's the same, it's the same as any other big fight that happens in null. Like, you, you know, it doesn't really matter the circumstances or who had the advantage or who didn't have the advantage. Like, you know, there's just like an enormous amount of chess beating that goes on. The side like thinks they won. Like, it's very, very normal. I mean, and it was literally. Let's be honest here. The Imperium won Y two, right? They, they yeah, saved the of time. course. But like, that's it. You know, they they bombed a fleet and it was Proga, but they lost the exact same amount. You know, it's you know, it's awesome for them. They they got to bomb a fleet to win a fight. But like, that that's kind of part of the interesting thing I think about it. Whereas like, what happens if Proga doesn't get bombed? You know, what what if Test, you know, sits there with two hundred Ravens, like. How does that fight go otherwise? Right? Because that... random bombing runs are pretty standard staple of Eve. Every once in a while you just get screwed by them, right? But uh I, I don't know, I'm kinda curious because like I, I get it. It's it's an absolute victory for them. They saved the Keepstar first time they haven't lost a Keepstar in like five or six times. Uh or first time they've won a Keepstar timer in out of the last like fifteen or whatever it is we're at now. Like props to them, big victory. It, it must be nice not to lose the Keepstar for a change. But like it was know, nice, I'm... just so you know, it was. <laughs> sure it was. No, we, we get that. Yeah. <laughs> the real development for the goons has been, like, uh, Big Red Boat actually, like, successfully landing fucking bombing But it bombing wasn't finally. both. That's the thing. It wasn't both. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was not Bliss. Yeah. Uh, but they gave all the credit to Boat, and I was like, uh, oh. But Boat does have one, though, right? There was one before. Yeah, this. one of the first That's waves important. was Boat. All the rest was Bliss, got, in my understanding. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so Boat came in with the first wave. Now, he had about 40 or so bombers. So he, no, I it wasn't think... anywhere near that many. Yeah, it was. I no, saw him. No. I was there. It was like, it was it like was 20. Either way, he was... he bombed he bombed the the ravens. The ravens were in like half armor at that point, and then Bliss came in for the alley oop and took him the rest of the way. But I mean, the thing is though, is that while that victory was well earned, and I'll be goddamned if I wasn't sitting there streaming it on this channel, talking like talking about holy shit, I I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Like the the amount of chest beating after the fact, I just don't think is necessary. Oh, I think so. It is. Why? Why is it necessary? necessary? Why not? Well, because you know, you you tell me, you guys went to chest beat. Had you put push it into the hole timer? Probably not. No. Oh, that's a lie. That's what we've been doing for (laughs) the last three weeks. And pushing every time, there's nothing but 
fucking spurging chest beating in local after every fucking one. Don't tell me there's not. Dude, you can't look at local to be like the official like pan fan. Ren, it's worse. Like, no matter who won the timer on that fight, doesn't I mean, matter. I mean, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. Whichever side won, they would have been chest beating. Well, like, so yeah. Reddit all day. Like, this is how it normally goes, right? So it works, the exactly. The interesting thing about this is that, you know, like, goons, like, you know, in fairness, so I kind of agree with Billy, they decisively won, you know, timer in that particular fight. I think the Isk War was like pretty even. It was like 92 to 80 or something like that. But, you know, like, they won the timer. So, you know, fair enough. You know, props to them for that. But realistically, like, even though they had, like, you know, a chess-beating victory, it hasn't changed the status quo of the fights in that region in any meaningful way. Like, we can go and, you know, reinforce that Kipstar in a week's time, and the armor timer is going to be exactly the same status quo that we had before, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. Bunny, you were going to say something? I have a completely unrelated gripe, gripe due to what I just witnessed, but you guys can okay. continue talking about this if you want. What was the unrelated gripe? How is this warping through bubbles thing still not patched? Well, there's no way to patch it. You can't patch it because it's based on like bubble mechanics, dude. Like, tell me how you patch it. I'm I can not, tell you how you patch I, it. I, I, Are you talking about the 500km like? Yeah. You paid me a coder salary and work at CCP. I'd tell you how to patch it, but that's not really my no, job. No, now, I'm not talking it? about like how to patch it. I'm talking about how do you mechanically fix it. I can because tell you how if you change the range, it. all you do is change the math. I, 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 okay, I can tell you how to mechanically fix it, right? Um, how you mechanically fix it is that when you warp to a point in the space and you do the check for what is the you know, furthest away bubble at 500 kilometers that you are able to be dragged by, what happens is when you find that bubble, you do a second check for what is the 500 kilometer bubble from that bubble that you can be pulled by. And you do that for every time you can be pulled by a bubble. It's very, very simple. As long as it fixes it. I just watched yeah, the Innit fleet move through the Kebris gate just now by going through a whole bunch of bubbles. And like what that would mean is that whenever you warp to a big swarm of bubbles, um, you would get pulled to the furthest outside point of that bubble to where you warped to. As long as the furthest outside point is within 500 kilometers of like the next bubble, for example. Yeah, but should you Sounds like, bu- sound like bad bubble placement of, to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a clever yeah, use of mechanics. It's, so like, it's not, though. It's not really, though, and like you just warp straight through. Well, you yeah, figure out, you, figure out which you bubble you need, to, you need to land on to jump the gate instantly, and then you it's a clever of use of the mechanics, right? But the, it's a clever use of the mechanics, which is very much not in the spirit of what the mechanic was intended to do, right? Which makes it, in you know, my opinion, an exploit. Well, how is it different than webbing a car- uh, fucking freighter, dude, or a carrier for that matter? It's the same. Ex- it's an exploit of shit mechanics that works and it benefits player bases, and everyone can do it. Right, but it's, it's a matter of scale, right? Like, you know, should should a freighter be able to warp two seconds faster than it would normally? Okay, that's like one thing. Well, it's should... a little more like 15 seconds in some cases. Okay, so 15 seconds, you know, still. Like, should one freighter be able to, you know, warp 15 seconds faster than it should be normally? Should 4,000 people be able to warp through, you know, like 400 kilometers bubbles? That feels much more wrong to me, at least. Well, I guess it depends on who set up the bubbles, doesn't it? It shouldn't matter who sells bubbles. The bubbles are irrespective to what the intention should be, right? It's a gameplay mechanic. 
But if you're the one who set up the bubbles on the gate, then you can, you know, get your ping already. The point and set up, of and bubbles from a gameplay perspective is to interdict your warp. So if you are once able to again, walk through the them, point. it's entirely against the design, the designed mechanic of bubbles. No, I understand. I understand the point. I, I, I'm not missing the point, Bunny. But the point is, is that like CCP has a bunch of broken shit anyway. We exploit it all the time, and nobody gives a fuck. But and it's doing something now, and everybody's crying. I don't know, dude. You can do the same fucking thing. We, we, no, you we have an equal opportunity. Right, well, there, nobody's yeah. crying that initiative broken. is doing it. Everybody's doing it. We made a video still on how to do broken. it. Like, I don't feel better about it from the fact that I'm doing my, it myself, right? It's fucking broken. I'm not even sure what we're talking about at this point. Yeah, wait. Since I feel better about it. Bugged, it's, uh, it's a mechanic, so if you do it right, the short version is if you do it right, you can warp to a gate that's completely coated in, in bubbles, anchorable or not, and then set yourself up perfectly so you land it in the bubble or on the edge of the bubble that gets it so you can jump on contact instead you of landing on the up, edge of 100 kilometers of bubbles. Set up a bubble so at the edge of it's like on the gate, right? Oh. And then from that direction, yeah. that exact direction, you set up a ping that's 500, exactly 500 or 505 kilometers away from the center of the bubble that you just anchored or whatever fucking set up and then you basically warp your fleet to the ping and then the that, that basically that edge of the bubble stops you all the other bubbles on the gate because the whole thing's bubble fuck do not because of the way that you've set up your bubbles and so then you are able to warp directly to the gate and you know get the fuck out while everyone else has to like wade through a shitload of fucking bubbles like I'm it was, a, it was a thing that pando pando had a whole thing on it on his fc thing it's yeah, not I mean, like, a of why in it is doing it this is just who i happen to see do it just now but like i mean i feel no better about that one existing or the whole pos thing where you can shoot people hitting a pos with a pot or a, a shooting a jump gate or something with a pos or any of the other random not exploits but game breaking bugs that are still around it's they feel like exploits it, it, it's funny with the pos pos gunning exploit thing like because i, I, I agree started doing that too so and i like, still feel no. scummy for it well, everybody's doing it now, but the funny thing is, like, I think it actually is good right now because, from what I can see, jump ridges are just too undefended right now. Like, the the fact that they're like basically und like zero defense is probably not correct, but like the Fortizar level was probably a little too strong, maybe. Well, definitely the Keepstar level was too strong, but um, <laughs> it's just funny because it's like. They're definitely like, I definitely feel like they, they should get at least some minor level of defense, which to a degree the POS guns add. Yeah. It, it, I'm not really just trying to point out about which ones I hate. It's just they're those kinds of random. Uh, oh, absolutely. Game. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to like kind of counterpoint, I guess, a little bit that like sometimes these things that break or exploit or whatever we're going to call them, you know, broken mechanics are actually probably good at different points, which is kind of an interesting thing. Speaking of broken mechanics, let's talk about time dilation, because... Oh, I saw oh, your post. I, I very much agree with your post, because I remember whenever... All, anybody who's been in a major tie-dye fight has done the thing where you look at the outstanding calls to make sure your modules are cycling and that kind of shit. So and then uh, bounties, mine, was clogged. mine was clogged by the fucking bounties and kill rights. Redline, are you talking about structure timers, um, like counting down in real time versus time dilation? Is that what you're we talking talk about? We talked about that too, drugs do it too. No, not like, really. That's, that's an interesting topic too. I'm not, I'm not really 
talking about that. I mean, that is a shitty mechanic, but it's something that has been used by, I mean, any side in any conflict ever. Like, well, the problem is with that one, I don't know if you can do it the other way, right? So if time dilation did affect those timers, it would take, in some cases, like hours and hours for those things to repair, right? And I get that, you know, in theory, that's the amount of time you would have to do it. But the way it works is just, it's really awkward either way. And I don't necessarily know if the way it is right now is any worse than the alternative. I mean, it do would you, just... Do you feel like... Do you feel like a middle ground might be a better solution, whereas like you know, fifty percent time dilation, something like that? Well, I think the the Maybe, the but... thing that I'm mostly concerned about is just the fact that, like, I'm I'm certain that that node was reinforced, right? I'm absolutely certain that it was. Yeah, it, it was, was reinforced, one hundred percent. But it's still, and the fights, like everything recently, has felt like this. But it was it was something where. Like if I would move my screen even the tiniest bit, my my screen would just freeze up. The same thing happened. It happened on the shield reinforce. It happened on the armor reinforce. And hell, it even happened when we had the the smaller fight on the on the Fortizar, like the day after. And I don't know what's causing that, but I need it to stop. More that CCP can do, and I don't know the answer to this, this is why I'm literally asking the question. But like you had mentioned during your stream line that they hadn't turned off like the bounty system or right. something like that. Like, right, there's a are there other things that CCP can do though to make it so that when you have 4,500 people in system or however fucking many people were in the system at the time, the game actually sort of still can kind of have a chance to work? Well, there's there's two problems that are happening here, right? There is your there's the server being able to keep up with all of the different things that are happening, and that is what causes time dilation, right? Like, if there are more things happening in, on, that, on that node in a single second than it can process in a second, then it needs to time dilate. Otherwise, it can't keep up, by definition. But there's actually a second side of the problem, too, which was part of what like the 64-bit client and stuff was designed to fix, which is your side of things, right? So if you turn your camera and that causes things to lock up, that means it's your client that's having uh, issues. It's actually being trying to process all of the different things and on the, all the particle effects and all the different LODs and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, obviously the 64-bit client helps this a lot, um, but, you know, they're ultimately we or they have to create a system that at that point you're worried about draw calls and all kinds of stuff because if you've got 1200 actors on on field it doesn't matter what's controlling them that's a lot to process for the client yeah for sure it's not so i uh he was talking about the bounties and live in kill rights thing so way back like it's kind of wild to think of it as way back it's probably almost two years ago now Whenever a test was deployed to Oigen and we had this fight on a Horde Fortizar on an unre unreinforced node. And so it was in LOSEC. And uh, whenever CCP reinforces a node in LOSEC, the first thing they disable is Crime Watch, which is something that exists in low and high sec. Uh, Crime Watch being enabled was one of the things that kind of broke server performance in the way that Redline describes it. So I'm curious if bounties and kill rights is something that could be disabled in the null level 
to maybe free up some server performance. Who really knows? I'm network dumb, so I've it, heard it will very suggestion... likely help some, but you know how much is you know open to interpretation, and probably that interpretation is uh, very closely related to how knowledgeable you are about how CCP's internal systems work. That was a fun fucking fight, by the way. The, well, uh, and I, I made a post. Well, that old one wasn't right? fun because the that was the one where fighters wouldn't even respond correctly, or uh, links wouldn't cycle, or moving warping around in system wouldn't work. Yeah. That for that fight wasn't fun. All the other origin fights that were on reinforced nodes and had crime watch disabled were a lot better. Yeah. So I oh, made I see a saying. post about the about the bounty and kill right system on on Reddit. And it, it yeah, got a lot of far. upvotes, which was, you know, super cool. You let upvotes, a lot of karma for your boy, just saying. Um, but anyways, CCP Aurora and CCP Darwin commented on it, um, basically saying, like, they brought up a concern, um, like, to see if it was actually a concern. And if reading through some of the comments, basically people are saying that the reason that those calls are there is because they end up being low-priority calls rather than like calls that are going through at a higher priority. So for instance, instead of your module activating, it will, you know, act it'll look at a kill right or a bounty. So it doesn't do that. It puts it in a low priority mode and that's why those calls stay there. But I think that even if that's the case, like you've gotta you've gotta wonder if those calls weren't there, would we have Shorter bouts of tie dye. Probably like, not. You don't think so? Not, necess I, I not necessarily. I, I don't believe so. Tie dash two is kind of an extreme example because anywhere there's like a golden point in my mind where uh, as soon as you get past a certain player count in local of actual active player instead of people just cloaked in system and watching, uh, then the then the game really suffers for it. So like the what would we peak at it for Y dash two was it forty four hundred five hundred. Yeah, so we got up there. 49, okay, I thought forty-seven. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, the highest so like I saw that, was forty-nine hundred. So that X forty-seven had close to three to four thousand to nine four. If anybody ever had, if anybody else had to work through that fucking disaster, that was about five to six thousand people. Once you get to that level, I just assume that the server doesn't work correctly anymore. Anyway. But it's not really, this issue isn't really for those fights, right? Because I don't think any, unless you can get the NASA supercomputer or some nonsense like that, I don't really expect at any point you're going to get a, a 4,200-man fight or 4,900-man fight run correctly. But it's for the ones that are like 1,000 to maybe a 2,000 people where it's in 10% tie-dye, responds kind of, but then there's the other times where it's just fucking awful to be alive. Yeah, and see, those fights that are, like, 10% tie-dye, but the modules are responding, that's fine, right? Um, by the way, the drawing will be at the tail end of the show, so about 50 minutes. Um, fuck, I shouldn't have said that, because now people will just tune out and then come back in at the end of the show. It's too late for that. I mean, Westberg in chat? Oh, my God. Fuck! Brother, Anyways, what have so you done? Those 10% tie-dye fights where... They uh, like the modules are still working correctly. Like we can deal with those, right? We we know how to deal with those as being nullsec pilots for years. Like even even me, I've played the game for two and a half years now, going on three years, and and I know how to deal with ten percent tie dye. 
but it's those things where it's just like the modules aren't working and all this stuff is is not is not working and it's painful it's so painful because you can't even play and that's kind of what happened in y2 both for both of the keepstar instances now i i will say that that is not going to take away from any victory and i don't intend for it to like you know goons did a good job defending they won the timer they won the isk war they did really really well and i will not take that away from them but what i will say is that the performance of the server may have had an impact on how well that fight went for everybody else i'm just well, I, I think it's fair to say that the performance of the server is going to have an impact on any fight of that scale no matter who's involved in it and where it is right but it's also going to have an effect on both sides. I mean, it's, you know. it's yeah, rough. You, yeah, but go ahead. You, you go can ahead. argue like who had the advantage from it being in that position, but regardless, you have to always expect that the servers are going to, you know, be in that kind of state, no matter like where that fight is. You know, when you have that that amount of people and that large of a fight and objective in a system. So the thing is, and and say this is saying in chat, and I understand this is that everyone deals with the same tie dye. But the the mechanics of time dilation work differently for defenders and attackers. In the yeah, sense like it's that, not entirely true yes, to say that exactly. everyone deals with it the, the defenders same because they have, don't really. Right, so the defenders, they generally don't really need to move a lot. So if we noticed, if, if you look back at the actual, like I did a four-hour stream of the entire engagement, which lasted about three hours, by the way, Dom, just so you know. Um, that that whole engagement from the second everybody started jumping into the gate to the second the keeps are repaired, it was in like the server was in crippling tie-dye mode. And people were saying their modules weren't even activating, anything like that. And this is all happening, and I'm sure it was happening on the other side as well. But the other side didn't have to like warp around the grid and like position themselves accordingly. You know, defenders get to park themselves on a citadel, which is arguably a better position for uh, is a better position for a defender, right? Like that's not Depends. That's not wrong. And then also yeah, yeah, you're I mean... looking at the timer ticking down in real time while you've got carrier fighters, which should have well, went over earlier. I'm not going to say they shouldn't have, but you've also got carrier fighters that are basically trying to get over and modules aren't activating because there's so many server calls and status i am we we had that issue two years ago i remember that issue i don't think anybody told us to stop whining or learn how to play the game and nobody is saying stop whining and learn how to play the game now it's just it's an observation right it's not something where i'm saying that that specifically turned the tide of the battle I'm simply saying that this is something that I observed and may have had an impact on it. It's interesting well, it's you bring the, up the it's uh... like becomes an impact on like your strategic planning, right? Like if if you're going to go to a system where there's going to be you know five thousand people in local, if there's forty five hundred people in local before you decide to take the gate in, you are going to have a really rough time loading the system, right? That's like a very well known thing. 
just as a, as a very simple example, right? Rabbit. Bunny, did you actually want to say something? Because he interrupted you. I do. I, I continue talking for a moment. There's it's something else about tie-dye, but uh, there's something they're talking on command. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to point out, though, like we were talking about the defender's, we'll say, quote-unquote, advantage over the um, aggressor. So in, like, X-47, that wasn't really a thing. Like, we continuously had to basically jump our super caps in depending on where the goons wanted to set up on the Keepstar, because they were also using Titans and Supercaps to reinforce the, the Keepstar on X-47. And so that distinctly gave the goons an advantage because of the size of the Keepstar grid. We can't just like jump in first, because the goons could probably just go to one side, and and we would never be able to hit them. And then that's high die. Do you really want to be fucking maneuvering Titans and Supers? Probably not. So I mean... When it comes to that level, I think the aggressors probably definitely have an advantage. In a subcap fight, I guess it's arguable at that point. Should the fighters have been on the Keepstar initially? Probably. But then you can also understand the uh, the whole rationalization as to, like, if we don't win the fight, are we really going to be able to keep our caps reinforcing the Keepstar? No. It was just unfortunate that the server shit itself as hard as it did, which... It's kind of interesting considering, like, you know, CCP does market the whole, the big null sec things. The null sec things, the big, the big fights, the big brawls get, you know, they make the, the news, they break the records, they get, to some extent, they get new, new players, at least they used to. It would be really nice if we figured out some kind of way to make them work better. I understand that there's like, if there's like 5,000 people in system, it's you're going to have a rough time on a single server node. But Of course, you're going to have a rough time, but there's no reason yeah. for shit to just not work, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because if things actually worked, I, I I imagine the fighters would have eventually made it to the Keepstar, and then at least, you know, you may have lost something, but you, you'd probably still have a, a Keepstar timer in play. So it's interesting you brought up earlier that you've been playing the game for two years. Um... I looked back to see whenever time dilation was introduced as a mechanic because before time dilation, we had this wonderful thing called nothing working at all at any point in time and with way less people. Um, and so 2011 is when the dev block for time dilation was, was released. Uh, and I remember way back when being in, uh, in Mostly Harmless and my younger brother was in Rage Alliance at the time and uh, we were trying to shoot a Titan with bombers and they just... You just stared at it because it locked forever. You like you would get the lock animation for, you know, about 30, 45 minutes, and then it just warped away or disappeared back when that was a thing. And it was uh so time dilation as it exists, at least things work kind of. <laughs> but uh I I hesitate to think that uh this is okay, that no more progress needs to be made, which I doubt that's the the, the mindset, but because right now we're getting a little bit of both systems, right? It's in slow motion and shit doesn't work, which is kind of um awful. When you get up to yeah, those higher player counts, it's pretty fucking bad, dude. It's the worst of both worlds, basically. I'm truly curious if there is a way to kinda get a better supercomputer. Uh I suspect there isn't, but it's pretty funny that we are we are complaining. Answers. 
We're complaining about the fact that like five to six thousand people can't all be on a single server node all across the world, inputting massive amounts of fucking data into something. Like it is, I do, I do actually admire that. That's that's pretty fucking funny. But considering that's the game that you developed and the you know the kind of play style that you're marketing, it would be nice if it actually worked even half-assedly in those situations because it's... those those fights do matter, right? Like they do actually matter. The funnier thing about that is, like, you're right. It's 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 kind of ridiculous in hindsight if you don't look at any other the parts, anything else about Eve that we have the audacity to bitch that we can't load five thousand people in real time and all that jazz. However, and since the game mechanics require for certain objectives that much of a of a, of a uh, player commitment, it's not unreasonable to expect things at that level work, right? Yes, Be- I know. <laughs> it's it, it, the both sides of it amuse me infinitely like much much like yourself but like it's just it's just ridiculous yeah pretty much dude i think the, 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 the thing. I'll talk to ccp later. needs the fucking uh, mountain elves to come down and uh fucking tap on their servers a couple times and make it magic i mean you would think that they could just chain like multiple multiple compute nodes together and make like an entire like server cabinet just one node but i don't know if that's how that works wait eventually ai should be good enough right like if they if we actually like could ai actually fix this it might be able to i suppose to some degree i don't know anything about computers but i would think like if you taught a computer to think enough about things it could probably begin to ignore in real time the kinds of things that are not going to be good for the server and you know I don't know. Probably have to change a lot about the game for that to work, though. What we need is EVE Online, too. Yeah, dude. It's called EVE Echoes, by the way. Oh, yeah, God. let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I'm playing it right now. Rain's getting dank frags while we're bitching about tie-dye. Dude, it's actually really fucking fun shooting people. I gotta, I gotta download it. So for those who are unaware, Echoes is um, built, it's like, it's a combination of CCP and NetEase, and NetEase is a really great marketer of mobile gaming within China. So the game has a huge, like, China online presence, um, similar to how we had Tranquility and then you had Serenity, so it was like that split system because of, like, the way internet works in China or whatever the fuck. This actually kind of avoids that, so everyone can play on the same server. It's very similar to normal EVE Online, so same races. Um, EVE Echoes added an, added an additional race. I don't really know the name off the top of my head or what they're going to add. Yeah. Uh, that's not an additional race, by the way. Additional it's playable race. It's not, a, it's not an additional. It's yeah, it's just they, they provide their own ships. You can't be a Yan Yong, but you can get Yan Yong technology and be friends with them. Uh, yeah, so there's that additional thing. They've also had a different way of doing the classes so for example they have like you have a ship but it's so like i have a thrasher but it's a thrasher trainer and then you have normal thrash and then it's like t2 thrasher and then it scales up right so you have like your normal like your bombers your interceptors i haven't seen dictors and i don't think they have bubbles yet in game there's another thing where they don't have scrams yet in game and currently disruptors are npc drops only so nobody has a point disruptor so pvp is currently can you kill your opponent fast enough before they warp off? Um, high or sec and low sec. Yeah, or have not noticing. Some people just AFK play this. It's really weird. Um, 
right now, uh, the missions are also really weird, too. They're more mobile gaming-esque. Like, you click on it, you go, and you do, like, three waves of rats, and you make dank money. Like, that's what I do right now with just, like, random ships. Uh, everyone can... It. Yeah, everyone can do PI. Everyone can do mining. It's actually, I think, the greatest way to make money. So a lot of folks right now who have history of EVE are just grinding missions and buying Plex um, because Plex is already in the game. The Being a mobile game, a lot of folks would be like, oh my god, pay to win, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's currently using the subscription model, so you can buy Omega. Uh, and then you can do the Plex, obviously, and sell the Plex. And then... So you have... Yeah, sorry. So I, I was going on about Plex. So Plex is worth like I bought some at thirteen thousand, and so it's right up now under thirty thousand. So if you're thinking like long term with how Eve Online worked and they introduced Plex, great investment is to obviously invest in Plex if you have the means. It's actually super great. I really like that fact. Um, Five hundred Plex for Omega is still sort of same model as Eve Online. It's actually I'm having a shit ton of fun with it though. It's a little different. So, like, there's manual piloting, but it's extremely difficult on a mobile screen. So you have to double-click in space, but it's all tiny. You can play on an iPad, though, probably, right? Yeah. 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 Well, so... You can also... I mean, I'm playing on an emulator. So you can obviously play on your phone. Um, You have to have to think of fancier phone or iPad. You can play on an emulator. So I use BlueStacks, but there's a lot of them. So if you're like, I want to play, but I don't want to be a mobile gamer or whatever the fuck, you can definitely play. To be fair, you know, manual piloting and even a PC is difficult enough for a lot of people, right? Yeah. So I test it. I mean, you just double click in space. The thing is, sometimes you kind of mess up. So you like double click on your ship, um, stopping in game. You have to click on your ship and then click stop. So, but you warp really, really fast. So like a lot of times when I jump gates and autopilot's like super great in this, by the way. Um, but a lot of times I'll jump a gate and instantly warp before I even load the grid. If you want to do pirating in low sec, you will get instantly killed on any station or gate. And if you shoot someone, you get a timer, so don't warp to a station or gate. It's different than EVE low sec, where you get the suspect timer and then others can engage you. And this, you get the timer, but then every like every NPC will just shoot you. So you have to warp around to like Celestials or whatever. Sorry, I'm I'm being really quiet. Apparently there's a a fight about to there's a little fight that happened and there's another fight that's about to kick off over here in uh, good old YTAC two. YTAC two a little hot right now, yeah. ASP gonna smash some skulls or what? YTAC two's got about five hundred and thirty some people in it. Like there's uh yes. Astra House. I I mean I can. I just if I if I do, then I can't put this all on the podcast. I can't put the rest of the show on the podcast. So was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Or do we pretty much cover everything and we can just switch over I, to the I do, fighting? On the subject of Echoes, um, I, I do want to say that inside of Echoes, there is a thing called the Hitchhiker's Guide to New Eden. And in that is a whole bunch of interesting backstory and doodads and stuff.
Oh, hold on. You're. It says you're muted. They said that you're muted. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to be muted. Let me fix it real quick. Okay. Try try to talk again. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Well, I mean, hell, it might be my internet connection. No, um, it was it was me. I switched to the fight broadcast screen, and for some reason, it doesn't like the it doesn't like mm. the the voice, so it it cut you off. Tracking. Yeah, all I'm saying is that um, Eve Echoes has some very interesting implication for the for the story of the of the game. Um, there's a lot of stuff in what's called the Hitchhiker's Guide to New Eden in Eve Echoes. Uh, the Echoes universe itself is actually a parallel universe that was split off from ours during the Caroline Star event in 2015, in which the massive star at W477 TACP exploded and caused uh, the drifters to attack and a lot of the other uh, pieces of the precursor crisis. Inside of uh, Echoes, there's some very interesting information that if it is considered to be canonical, would have profound implications for our understanding of EVE Online. And from my understanding, uh, the NetEase developers have suggested that there will be cross events between, New e between the New Eden that we know and the Echoverse. So, and what they seem to be uh, building is a mythology of an, a multiverse where there are these multiple dimensions and the Trig may be involved, the Yanyung may be involved, um, and there is this new cult, the Kasoi cult, that is rising within Eve Echo. So just like uh, Invasion suddenly became important to everyone, uh, Echoes might be something that people might uh, you know want to just pay attention to because it may have implications for Eve Online in the future. So all I heard was uh, play Eve Echoes, join a cult. That's yes. that's exactly what I heard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it looks like a very interesting game. I don't know. From a mobile gaming perspective, would you say that it's definitely top of the line, or how would you rank it on a mobile gaming platform? uh criticism ratio because i like i don't know anything about mobile games i don't play mobile games but a lot of people are playing it now and they seem to so, like it a lot Ray, Ray, how's it look on the emulator pretty good i think it's good i i don't think i have my emulator set up right because there's when i first start the game it gets kind of graphic-y um like pixelated and stuff and i also am using skins because they're actually like have skins and stuff so obviously i'm using a skin but it also doesn't show on my ship so i think there's something wrong with my in the way I have it set up. Obviously, I'm kind of not playing from my home, so I don't have the capacity to use my Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give it a try on an emulator. See what it looks so I feel like. If you're my... an emulator, you 100% try it on a on an emulator. If you don't like it, easy on install. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so my, my observation of Evecos, now, my mobile gaming experience is limited. I play the things like uh, AFK Arena, Tap Titan, Raid Shadow Legends, all these kind of things that you can literally, and you have to forgive me for my colorful language, um, you can literally play these games while you're taking a shit, right? Like they're they're toilet games, and that's what uh, mobile games. Your phone on. That's what. What what else are you gonna do? Fuck. Anyway, mobile games to me are are toilet games, right? And I don't think Eve Online could ever be a toilet game. So I mean. You could prove me wrong and say, look, man, I know someone who plays EVE Online on the computer on the toilet. You're wrong. And that's fine if you say that. But, I did it this but, morning. 
but I don't I don't think that Eve is the kind of game that you should be able to invest that little amount of time in and be successful at it, right? If, I, does that make sense? I think the thought though, right? Like especially with Echoes um and most mobile games in general is that instead of sitting on the toilet or like taking a 5 minute break at work, a lot of folks, especially if you think China, have like an hour long transit or yeah, yeah, transit to work or whatever. Um, and then, so they're bored as shit sitting on the subway or whatever. And then they have an hour, hour long way home. So it's at least two hours a day. You're just dead. You're just bored out of your fucking mind dedicated to mobile gaming, which is pretty reasonable. Like I could make a millionist in two hours and I could buy a shit ton of plex for it. And then, you know, I consider that a successful day for me. If you're thinking like, are we going to be sitting here having five hour long fights with 4,000 people in YTAC 2 and 10% tie dye? I don't know if Eve Echoes can reach that. But I'm going to say PvP in this is absolutely hilariously fun. And I had a shit ton of fun just murking nerds. And I mean, doing a mission every now and then, you know, between things is perfectly reasonable. So it's enough to where you can just do it quickly? Yeah, so like, let's say I'm in YTAC 2 and 10% tie-dye, I could be playing Eve Echoes in the fucking background, right? Or, you know, if I'm waiting in between matches of like my csgo game or i don't know i've been playing a shit ton of among us and i've been playing evacos in the background versus like eve online which takes a lot more focus or if you're on the toilet evacos is very much a matter of embrace the automation um you have much more control over having just kind of the the app play itself uh, you can say, oh, yeah, you know, I can hit one button and it'll lock, as, uh, you know, all of the targets I can lock based on my lock numbers. And my modules will literally go from one after the other, after the other, after the other. So it's almost like VNI writing is the default. And so for the most part, it's more about like something that you just kind of keep a, keep an eye on and check in on. You know, uh, I, I unironically autopilot like everywhere. And so it's like, oh, 22 jumps, blah, blah, blah. And then like, you know, 30 minutes later, I'll open it up and keep on going. It's like something that that seems to be happening disconnected from you some of the time. Now, granted, I've also lost a dragoon. So your mileage may vary. Did you die while ratting and someone PVP'd you? Oh, no, I think I just died to the rats because I'm pretty sure I just hit warp to the site and then just like forgot about my game. But that's what ADHD is all about. Oh, I've killed a lot of people where they just like warp in, start shooting rats, and I just fucking ram them with a thrasher and just murk them because they don't warp off. It, this game's hilarious because there's no, there's no disruptors. The like, cheapest disruptor is like 15 mil, which is an insane amount of like isk for people. That's trying just to, like, bonkers amounts of isk. That yeah. is like, that's like three cr entire cruiser fits, just for the record. Yeah, and so... And my biggest fear is that, like, I'm going to be PvPing and I'm just going to ram someone because I don't have a prop mod. Like, I can't even find a micro warp drive. Everything gives me afterburners. So I'm just like, whatever. But I'm just afraid I'm going to ram someone and they're just going to disrupt me and all their friends are going to warp it and kill me. Is there no industry? Oh, there's tons of industry. Most people do. There's PI, mining, and hauling. So you can get blueprints and then you mine the materials. I think you reprocess them and make make the stuff. But then you also need PI. But PI is simple enough. Like I can get any ship, warp to a planet, like start clicking on the buttons. I really don't know what the buttons do, but I click the buttons and it gives me materials. I'm really bad at PI on EVE Online. So I don't really understand how this works, but I have a, what is it? Like a mining colony in Amamake and it's just sitting there mining for me. 
Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, like, literally everyone should, like, everyone has the easy ability to do mining, industry, PI, as well as just ratting. And then you can throw in PvP if you want. So, like, I, like I'm obviously PvPing, but a lot of folks are just sitting there grinding ISK because that's what they want to do and they want to start building. I think, um, like, some of the Eveco nerds are, like, super hardcore and they're, like, creating corporate like tons of corporations and alliances like one guy was saying he had the fastest skill training to try and go from like a zero member corp to like max member corp because that's what he wanted to do was like build his corp there are already tutorials out there based on the beta like these guys are like it's kind of weird talking about like mobile gamers being super nerdy because like we're eve online nerds anyway but the mobile gamers of eve on of eve echoes match the pc gamers of eve online in terms so my of like question, my, question, my question though is like so so that being the case is this going to be like a mobile game that's friendly to like like people who don't play eve because i mean i guess it would be but at the same time it's like they're gonna get min maxed by fucking eve nerds though right but yeah, people can i would still say if you're a casual like i don't know casual gamer or non-eve gamer then yeah definitely like a lot of folks i've been getting conversations they're like why are you shooting me and i'm like this is eve <laughs> they're like no yeah hey, so what that's One thing cool. that is really important to note is that there is no suicide ganking in HiSec at all. So there is actually this huge yeah, gameplay that's like shoot anybody in HiSec. Right. Like you can't activate your oh. module. So so there is like this it's basically just like this is the playground. And at the same time, as as Rain pointed out, there's no disruptors. So everybody's just going through low sec as if it was nothing. I went into low sec and there's twenty five people in local with me and I freaked the fuck out because I realized suddenly that I also had no D scan. <laughs> Someone ought to tell Goonswarm that the structure timer is over here, not on the. That's awkward. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah, because sure the the hundred and eighty or so fucking services can take out the uh, carriage. Oh, so you're you not, <laughs> not fighting. Okay, got it. I doubt Fair it. Enough. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just say right here, and then we can just watch this tick down. Um, I would, yeah. Structured grinding Tuesdays with Redline. I mean, there's happening. That's okay. That's fine. Um, what is what this happened? thing in Y2 over? Uh, it's an Astro House, the planet of the simps. Then Fagin. The planet oh, the of one the on the Keepstar. Yeah, it has been reinforced. Oh, I'm sorry. Lack of structured grinding Tuesdays with Redline is what I should have said. My bad, dude. Let's see. Um, I'm surprised like they're so... Um, uh afraid to fight i mean i'm not it's okay they got their asses handed to them in uh in y2 on sunday see how stupid that sounds goons? <laughs> see how stupid that sounds when somebody says it that's what you sound like hey and also i didn't hear what he said wanna, what did he say i want to say to customs officer customs officer in the chat who can't admit that they got got their okay never mind I know who it is now. Whoo! Okay, so this man is definitely a goon, and that's okay. Goons are goons are great. I love goons. Best, best enemies, right? Best. But let me let me just tell you for the record, sir, that we we being Panfam, Legacy, yada yada, we got smoked in YTAC two. You guys did a really, really good job defending your shit. Congratulations. Well done, Gold Star. 
That means now, that, like, sh- now shut the fuck get, up about it. Keepsters do get reinforced in wars like many, 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 many times, like ten times ever sometimes. So it's kind of like it's almost status quo for a war. It just basically means that the goons actually did something, in my opinion. And I'm not even trying to. Time, I'm not even trying to spin it. I'm not even trying to spin it though. I'm not even trying to spin it, but it's true though. Like in in most wars, like there have been Keepstar timers, like where Keepstars actually got RF in wars in Eve, where you know it was like what ten times or more that these what things the, get RF before. They what eventually... the fuck am I supposed to say? I don't understand it. I don't like, apologize to the this, fucking idiots. This and this guy says they can't admit that they lost. I admit that we lost, and now he's chimping about something else. No, no, but he he lost, right? Like like yeah. So Panfam quote unquote lost, but then we're they're just gonna do it again, right? And I I, I remove myself almost entirely from like I'm not even really part of Panfam. I mean technically we there are, we go. but not really. So it's like I have almost no vested interest in this other than I get to whore on the fucking Keepstar kills. Like that's basically my fucking gambit. But this shit happens all the fucking time. It's part of the game. So I don't know, dude. It, it, it'll get reinforced again, and then they're not going to fuck up, and maybe the server will be slightly better, and then uh, then Panham will have some amazing victory. Blah, 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 blah. Well, basically, tell you guys or, what happened. Or a failure again. Unless you want to, like, move yeah. your super caps over, and then you can actually defend it, and then we can say, like, but otherwise, it will die. Like, you, like it is going to die. Like, there's no way it's not going to die. Just please acknowledge that. All right, guys. So we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and keep broadcasting this for the next little while. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do the raffle real quick, and then we're gonna shift over into the after show. Um, so before we do the raffle, we are gonna do our our final thoughts for the podcast. Um, then we'll we'll start from the top and work our way down. We've had a a lot of, I think we've had a lot of good conversation tonight. So while we're doing this, make sure that you type exclamation point raffle in the chat that you can be entered to win. Um, it's a, a 500 plex giveaway just to, you know, celebrate the, um, just to celebrate the fact that we've run like 20 something episodes of the show. And, uh, you know, you guys are supporting us. So we're going to support you a little bit back um, and make sure that if you do have the means to, um, you can, donate to our little fund that we're trying to run we're, again we're trying to raise 500 bucks for um the people that were affected by um the derecho in iowa um a week or so ago maybe two weeks now um the goal is 500 bucks you can click the donation link down below and i will also put it in the chat for you right now any little bit helps appreciate that um so let's 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 do these final thoughts from the top to the bottom start with uh persistent the man who never has a portrait yeah thanks a lot redline can you guys hear me actually mm-hmm. yeah we can hear you okay cool no. okay um just want to say i finally fed another nester yeah paid out that fight i was this close to warping off and then the serps just fucking off with me so that was fun but can uh i'm Kim look close so i can see it Sure, hold on. Yeah, there we go. But uh I'm game though. I'm I'm glad that I could uh could feed more nesters to Imperium. It's kind of my uh my my story arc here. Yeah, so this is a little uh, yeah. cheaper nester than last time, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. I'll bring in officer mod very soon. 
I was all excited yeah. when I saw your Nestor, and then I go, oh, yeah, kill me. Purple, <laughs> purple Nestor, dude. dude purple <laughs> I knew it'd like, be blingy. Yeah, no, my plan was to, like, warp into the middle of those Serps and start, like, smart bombing, but uh, as you can see, it didn't work out very well. Bombing oh, things right. right. like, over 50k HP, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so, Karama, what's what's your thoughts for tonight? Might be AFK if that's the case. Later. Uh, Rich, do you have any thoughts for us? Brain dead meerkat. Nope. Okay. Well, we're wow. we're one for three. Uh, Asher, I, I got. I'm here. All right. What's up? What are your final thoughts for the night? My final thoughts is that. Uh, a year ago, we were complaining about EVE Online being stagnant, and now we have one of the most craziest, or, you know, a, bit, a huge war, and the topology of space changing uh, in a meaningful way for the first time by player action in the history of EVE Online. Um, you know, there's a lot going on right now, guys, and uh, it's it's worth digging into as much of it as possible. On the 25th, we're getting the Dread Collective expansion, and Metaliminal Storms, which is uh, only going to potentially uh, advance this story through Zenith. And uh, it is worth keeping an eye on what is happening, because things are happening and changing in EVE on a weekly basis. My god, we didn't even talk about fucking uh, dev blog patch note forum post thing. You mean about how my Dread bl Blueprints Ooh. just got way more fucking valuable? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Well, what we'll talk about it later. Really? All right. Uh, Dominark, how about you, bud? I'd just like to say uh, thank you to Astarathi. It's good talking to you again. Um, it's been a while. And Y2 was a great time. Both timers. First timer, you you know I, I like that one red line. And the second timer is because we yeah, won. Fuck you. <laughs> can, continue, and I would like to thank persistence also. Continue to fuck time. yourself, sir. Continue to <laughs> fuck yourself. All right, Carmen, you've been a, a nice addition to the show tonight. What uh, what are your final thoughts? On what topic? What do you what do you want me to talk about? Whatever you want. You can use this as a as a shout out, you can use it as a, a plug of something that you wanna plug or anything like that. Just anything you wanna say, say it. I am really excited there's a lot of like really interesting things happening in Eve for a long time. Like like, I, I've been playing Eve for about 14 years or something like that. I've been, like, involved in Nolsack, like, for maybe three or four years, something like that. And, um, you know, this is this time in history of, of Eve. There's a lot of really cool things happening. And that's not, like, normal. It's not historically been a thing. There's been a time, period of time, in which there's been, like, these really big upheavals of, like, you know, what are the established norms? It's very cool. It's very interesting, and you know, no matter which side of history you find yourself on, it's exciting and it's interesting. And I, I'm glad that there are these things happening. Yeah. All right, Loki. Yeah. Shout out to I don't know. I I started a corp called Banana Republic. Uh, if you want to go do something cool in uh, non null block esque kind of things with lots of PvP, go ahead and take a look at that. Also, shout out to donating to the iowa shit make sure you guys actually do that please even if it's just a couple dollars every dollar counts thank you and rain and just 
None of it goes to Dominark, so there you go. Zero percent of it goes to Dominark, yeah. Confirm. If you if you need it, you'll get it. And I will say that we are already one fourth of the way to the goal. So I mean that's pretty cool. And that I, I appreciate that. All right. Rain, what's uh what are your thoughts for tonight? Shout out to you guys for doing that. Um I didn't have any say in them doing this, just for you guys are aware. I love doing charity drives, though. That's probably what I'll be doing um, for the next two months. I go back home tomorrow. I'm just I'm just glad to be back, team. I missed you guys. Glad to have glad you back. You too. Glad like the, show, the show is shit without you, to be honest. So I'm just lucky. Say. <laughs> is it a disaster? <laughs> I didn't even watch it last week. Was it bad? Nah, it, was actually, it was actually not bad. It was pretty good. But, oh, but we still miss you, let... though. We let Fountain Frank host last week's episode, and it oh, yeah, no, that was... expect. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, that was horrible. But the one before that was okay, so it's whatever. It was funny. All right, and Villy. Uh, shoutouts. Yeah. Um. Question. Who do we shout out? Oh, let's do. Uh, let's big shout out to Farmstank and Ibn for taking the fleets tonight. Um. I wasn't feeling great, so it was good for them to step up and cover and get all the stuff done, block uh, goons and initiative out of catch. Much appreciated. Good good work. Keep them from reinforcing the timer in uh, Y2. Well, no, this is Pro God fucking with them now. Oh, is it a little Harpy Fleet? Something like that? Right. Well, I guess that just leaves me. So, um,. I, I guess. Thanks, guys, for watching. I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to do the raffle here in just a second. And remember, the these kinds of things, these are pretty common. We didn't do in the last couple of weeks just because I didn't really feel like it. But um, we're going to keep doing it. So you get you get another couple minutes to enter the raffle. Um, go ahead and type exclamation point raffle in the chat. And uh, we'll pick a winner here in just a few. Um, Again, uh, just a reminder, you can donate to the Iowa cause. Uh, it's streamlabs.com forward slash trash talk Tuesday. That's for anybody that's on the podcast version of trash talk Tuesday, which goes live on anchor.fm uh, every Wednesday at 1900, along with a premiere on YouTube, just in case you guys want to experience it all again. Like it's brand new and with that being said we're going to call it for the night at least for the podcast version um we are going to continue to stream though afterwards because I, I got a really good shot of these fighters so i'm going to make sure that i 